Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that allows every therapist, nail tech and stylist to level up, build their career and reach for their dreams. Each episode we'll be looking at a different area of the industry and along the way I'll be chatting with salon owners, industry leaders and experts who'll be sharing their stories on how they achieved their goals, made their successes, all to inspire you in your business and career. I'm Sue Davies, your host, award-winning salon owner and industry professional. Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of Inspiring Salon Professionals. Um, this week, I'm going to be joined by Marta Zaklovska. Um, we're going to be talking all things waxing and standards within the waxing industry. Marta's been on a campaign to try and raise standards in this waxing industry as a result of a lot of different things, but a lot of the reason that she's doing this is because of the um, Instagram, TikTok images and videos that are going around where there are people that are practicing waxing that may not be practicing it in a very professional way. And so Marta's taken it um, into her stride and is now trying to get everybody to realize what the right way is to work as a professional. So we'll be talking about that. And she's also got some other exciting information she's going to share with us about something that's coming up in January 2024. And I will hand over now to the interview. So see you on the other side. So hello, Marta. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. Um, and this time we're going to be talking much more about waxing and standards and that kind of stuff. So for those that don't know you, um, if you could just give us a little introduction about who you are, what you do, and then we can start with the questions. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, Sue. That's okay. And for those who are listening for the first time, my name is Marta Zaczkowska. I know, very difficult surname to pronounce, but you can just call me Marta. I am a waxing specialist, waxing expert. I have a salon and training academy based in London. Almost two decades of experience in body hair removal, including laser. I'm an author, so I wrote a book about pregnancy waxing. I'm also involved with the industry. So I had the pleasure of being a speaker with professional beauty. I wrote articles for the magazine, you might have seen it. I was a judge for beauty awards. And recently I be became a campaigner to uh, raising standards in waxing. Yes. My personal um, goal for this year so was to speak a bit slower. And I know, I noticed you are speaking very eloquently. And I'm trying, I'm trying. I am from Poland, guys, and English is my second language. And we speak very quick in Polish with, in native language. So it's very difficult to speak slower. <laughs> I try. It's, it is hard. And I, I mean, I'm someone who, especially when I was younger, I used to speak really, really fast. And, and it's funny because my kids do that now. And I'm like, hey, what are you saying? But I've I've naturally slowed down over the years. But no, but I've not, I, I did think I did think no, Marta's speaking very slowly today because <laughs> I know you. I've, I've known you for quite a while, and I know like you you normally are much faster. But it's yes. but it's it's nice. I to admire I admire podcasters like you because you have that nice soothing voice, and when people listening, it's just yeah. really nice and enjoyable. So I will try. It's an odd thing though because. When I, when I, and anyone that's done podcasting or anyone that's done video, anything will know that awful, like what you sound like. And it, and everybody like feels that their voice sounds horrendous. And when you play back, I have to say like now, so like over 50 episodes in, I'm completely over that. And I'm quite used to the sound of my own voice now, because I still don't think I've got a very nice voice, but I have so many people say like, well, you know, when they sort of talk about the podcast, about how nice my voice sounds on the podcast. But I still don't, although I, feel, I sound a bit husky today for some reason, <laughs> not quite my normal self, but um, yeah, but it is an odd thing and how we come across and that and it is that slowing down of the speech really, really helps people. And it, I think it doesn't matter if you're a native speaker or not, it just that slowing down really does help people to, to really hear what you're saying. Anyway, so Martel, you're back to talk to me today because you have been campaigning. Look, I can't speak now. Um, you have been, I'm going to teeth in. You have been campaigning um, around waxing standards and I've seen some of the stuff you've been doing. And as someone myself who is a waxer and has been a waxing specialist over the years, I, say, I haven't waxed anybody beyond an eyebrow for over a year. 
it's really weird and I'm getting back into doing it or trying to but it's um but I'm yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel like all those intimate waxing nerves come back I think whenever I get to do one next because I haven't done one for so long um but it's really interesting to see you campaigning and on something that is really important to our industry and there's a lot of standards that need to be looked at um so what was it that actually inspired you to start doing this and to get a campaign going to try and make the industry um perk up and do the right thing so as a waxing professional uh, i now help other beauty professionals to become a go-to waxing expert so i'm an educator and that's my main role at the moment within the industry and what happened over the years, over the last three years, when I became more visible within an online space and within our industry, something organically happened, which was a bit strange at the beginning, but I was getting a lot of DMs and private messages, people sending me certain things and asking for my opinion. So they said, have you seen this? Do you think this is correct? What do you think about this? or just tagging me in a certain post in the groups. So I've realized that people do want to know my opinion, that maybe there's something I could do for all of us. And I decided that, you know, it would be good to do this officially as a campaign. And I have to say myself, I was very worried about seeing more and more videos on social media, specifically on Instagram and TikTok. Some of them are not by professionals, some of them are just by random influencers, really damaging our industry. And I thought if somebody is a new waxer or somebody who just is joining the industry, how they can look those videos and think that this is something that we stand for. This is scary. So I thought, let's go back to basics and let's create a campaign that will go through all those aspects and all those keys that will help raising standards in waxing. Yeah, because I think it is, it's, and there's certain elements across um, the industry, aren't there, where people that are not industry feel it's okay to kind of take on what we do and and make money out of it effectively is what a lot of them are doing because if there are influencers they're being paid by companies to do this stuff and it's and it is a worrying trend and something that you know that the public don't realize is not the way of doing things and I think that that whole idea that the public are coming into us as professionals and they expect us to behave a certain way and it may be that they expect us to behave in a way that they've seen on these videos and then when we do something different that may cause question with what we're actually doing. So is the, so is the campaign um, within the industry or are you sort of trying to get out to consumers as well? So at the moment it's within the industry because I feel like this is where we need to start. Yep. But there is another campaign that I also back up, which is the campaign by Baptag and they do in a great yeah. way, uh, the time campaign. Our time, yeah really uh, encourage people to check because Baptag is um, addressing this more to consumers. <clears throat> so yeah, I thought because exactly. this campaign is going kind of along with my one, I don't think there's any need for me to add it to it. So I'm just like happy to support Baptag yeah. uh, with their campaign. But I think equally they both really need it because we need to look after the therapies and educate yeah. and we need to educate the consumers. Yeah. And I think it is, isn't it? Because if, if there, especially newly qualified therapists, if some, you know, some of us that have been doing this for a very long time, you know, we know what to expect and what we should be doing. But I think if you're new to industry and you're young, you know, you're in that younger demographic, the chances are you are going to be much more on TikTok, much more on Instagram, and you are going to be viewing this stuff thinking that this may be normal um, as a professional, which obviously it isn't. So what do you think are um, the most important standards that need to have sort of emphasis put upon them? Mm -hmm. So if I could just pick up top five, for example, without getting into details, I would definitely say first one would be the insurance. Mm -hmm. Because how can we treat people and how can we be open to the public and not protect our business, ourselves, your reputation? and yeah. Of course, you don't want to do anything but to the clients, but when it happens, you want to be sure that you've done everything to prevent it. So that would be a number one. So I know we are not regulated industry, hopefully mm -hmm. for much longer, but insurance is something that that's, that's a Bible. You should have it. Yeah. Uh, another one uh, will be 
uh, waxing consultation and patch uh -huh. testing. That is something that people still overlook and they have that either very on, quickly online, something that is just tick boxes. I would like to encourage people to not to overlook this and really look deeper into waxing consultations and patch testing. I've recently introduced in my salon that uh, waxing consultation and patch test as a separate treatment. Clients have to pay for it. They have to come before to the salon for separate visit. And then only after that, 48 hours later, they can book initial appointment. You might think this is a bit over the top, but I think it is something that's going to happen in the industry, likely maybe in five, 10 years, hopefully. It's something that I do to protect my business. I like to do it because I want to have, I want to know the clients, everything about waxing. So I educate them. I check all the contraindications. I talk through them, not just tick boxes and not just saying, oh yeah, okay, you don't have any contraindications. I educate them. So I think if you want to raise standards within your business, you really have to look at waxing consultation as a great tool to bring clients in to your business, yeah. but also to grow because consultation can be used also as a tool to get more retail, to tool you can do great marketing with it. Yeah. Um, so that would be the second. And I think uh, two more I will add it, which quite often I get told that they are so basic and I'm sure Marta, everyone is following. Mm -hmm. So those two, I actually reason why I think I got fired up a few months ago when I saw that at a beauty event and I thought, that's it. I'm doing this campaign because we really need it. I'm not going to name anyone. I have contacted these companies and the organizers and they've been very helpful and they said they will do everything to stop this. But those two things were wearing gloves at all waxing treatments. There's no exceptions. Maybe right. in the past we were a bit of more chilled. I mean, even myself in my salon, eyebrows were like, okay, I just put hand sanitizer. But we don't do this anymore. I think pandemic taught us a lot about hygiene yeah. standards. So that's the another one. And no double dipping, number one rule of waxing. And I think there's a lot of confusion around double dipping as well. Um, so, and I know that a brand that I've been associated with for a very long time, we don't, dub, well, we don't do what I would consider to be double dipping, but in some, in some respects, it's still double dipping. So maybe a, a quick explanation of, of what yeah. a true double dip is. So the, the no double dipping means that we use a one spatula per one application. So if we take wax from the pot and that touches client's skin, it cannot go back to the pot. And there's no exception. If you put that back to the pot and you will be going back and forth, you will contaminate the wax because a, the temperature of the wax is well too low to kill bacteria. Uh, not to mention that sometimes you have hair stuck to your spatula and blood and yes. bacteria. So then if somebody comes in after, you will be just spreading this bacteria to other people. And that could cause infections and it's absolutely disgusting. I think we should not be doing anything like this. I can still see some brands are using metal knives for legs and they're going back and forth. That shouldn't be happening. This should the, the knives should go. I've also recently seen uh, this was in Ireland on one of the shows where they were having a one pod and they will uh, keep going back with quite big wood spatula. And they said that when they finish, they set the pot on a very very high temperature and therefore they can reuse it. I'm not a scientist or near like a medical professional, but I have concerns about this. I don't know whether. <laughs> It is something we can say 100% there's no bacteria there. Because pots, you have to remember, how do you know exactly which temperature is in there? Some pots have just like numbers. Some pots are digital. Depends yeah. on the producer. Like I've learned now what it's on my pot 70 degree, on your wax pot, which is, could, could be from China or from wherever, could be a completely different. So you don't really know 100% what the temperature is. We don't right. know, do you? Unless you have a very great digital pot, which they, I don't think so they have. So let's just summarize that. We just don't do it. 
is a hygiene rule and we shouldn't be doing this. And believe me, clients are now well educated. They spot these things from far. And I think as well, you know, gone are the days. I mean, you know, anyone that was in, I mean, I wasn't in waxing back in the day in the sort of 70s and 80s. But, you know, back then, you know, they'd, you, they'd reuse the hot wax. Yeah. And they strain it. I mean, now the thought of it makes you literally want to vomit. But there's therapists that I know that used to do that. Yep. because that was the standard of the time and I think you know we realized that picking up the the wax I mean how you can it, how you can think it's okay to pick up a wax pad that has got someone else's hair in it and heat it and strain the hair out yeah and then reuse that wax I mean it just it just doesn't add up does it and I think now this is maybe the next stage in the evolution of waxing that we actually realize that all of those contaminants could still be in there just by nature of the spatula or the knife going backwards and forwards. And there's a one more thing, Sue, that I just have to mention, is the whole uh, part of education online. When people doing, uh, they're showing waxing on IG or TikTok. Do you know how many times I see the educator getting set for the filming, putting the gloves on, and now she's touching her phone, she's touching something, yeah. you know, Things that that falls are full of bacteria, and I'm just cringing. You know, like <laughs> I see people uh, uh, waxing and then touching like a fans, you know, and then they touching the fans. I don't know how that works, by the way. I don't recommend. But then they right. touching objects, and then other people touching this, and then going back to the skin. I know we there will be percentage. We can never be hundred percent hygienic. There will be small, you know, risk. Yes. But I yeah, think we're not in a we're not in an operating theater, no, are we? No, but I feel like we need to do everything and not to make mistakes like this. Specifically, if you are an educator and you're filming something online, because of somebody that is watching, a student, somebody who wants to be in the industry and is picking up on those really bad habits. Yeah, and I think one of the one of my biggest bugbears is people with their hair down, teaching, yeah. and oh, that, yeah. that literally drives me insane you see somebody educating and and it doesn't matter if it's in well in any in any area of our industry whether you're in waxing nails aesthetics in facials body massage whatever it is you're doing if you are touching somebody you should have your hair tied back so because you know hair holds a lot of germs and a lot of bacteria and you've got you know you've done your thing you've washed your hands sanitized put your gloves on and then you spend the treatment constantly pushing your hair out of your face and it it and it it does drive me mad. I spend a long time trying to find videos and photo and or find images that we can use for like different projects I'm working on, where the therapist has got a hair tied back, and it's just, you know, I mean, I'm obviously I don't have to tie mine back now, but even this bit it would drive me mad if yeah. I'm working. Yeah, and, I it's difficult when I had a, a haircut. I had a bob about two feet. Yeah. It's quite difficult because I couldn't tighten it up. I couldn't do anything. So, you know, you just put this under your ear. It was quite difficult. Yeah. But I tell you what, I get in a lot of in trouble by picking up on those stuff online. And you know me, I'm not faced by it. No, you really don't mind having a debate. I don't mind, you know, I think I'm fighting for a good cause, so you can put it on me. But I recently saw a program on Channel 4, and it was about something not connected. I think it's something about transformation. And there was a therapist that was doing the contestant brow and like rings on her fingers, no gloves and things like this. So it happens, like if that happens on the TV, like... Yeah, <laughs> on EastEnders, because I'm a bit of an EastEnders fan, and um, and on there they've got they've got a salon, and I know it's make believe, but really you're not doing a good representation to our industry, and it is they they, they don't understand our standards, do they? And I think while we're talking standards, we ought to mention as well that a lot of these things are in the national occupational standards, yep. and if you go to the national occupational standards website, as a therapist you can go and search any treatment that you do, and you will find a standard for it. And that is where a lot of the stuff that I've worked, worked on in nails comes from. A lot of the stuff that Marta's working on with waxing comes from. These standards are there as a guide and as a, a demand, really, on what, how we operate as, as a professional. Yeah, we um, refer to them. We, we did refer 
uh, in the campaign to national occupation standards. I have yeah. put them there as well because I thought this is crucial. People have to know about it. Yeah. One thing I'd mention as well, uh, Marcel, and I noted down was like with the consultation process that you're discussing, and I think is really pertinent and maybe more so, well, I think it's probably always been pertinent, but more so probably since the pandemic, because I'm sure like me, you've seen across multiple forums, um, people having like wax burns on their brows, wax burns on their upper eyelid, on their upper lip and stuff like that. Um, with clients that have had waxing for years and years and years, and all of a sudden they get a skin tear. Yeah. Um, and that there's a there was a potential that if you were post COVID um, and you'd had an infection, that it would change in your skin structure. But I mean, and that's not been proven in any way. But we know as professionals, there was an element that we were seeing people that had had COVID. And then anecdotally, that seemed to be a factor. But yeah. also that consultation, you know, that check in a couple of days before to make sure no one's had retinol, you know, retinols are everywhere currently, but there's a huge amount of people that use retinols and retinol is a contra is a contraindication. And so if you aren't doing a full consultation, if they turn up on the day for a quick 10 minute brow wax and you're then asking them, have you had retinol there? The chances are someone may not be truthful. Yeah. And then they're going to get a, a, a brow burn. Yeah. There's a few things you can avoid this. I have on my website information. When you book in, a pop-up comes out mm -hmm. and it says that if they use this and this and this and products, this and this and this ingredients, if they had any of those treatments in the last 14 days. So by taking it, they say and already they concerned that they haven't. Yeah. But you're right. Some people might lie. Exactly. But what I do, I also ask them on a day. Do you know it takes a few minutes to write it down questions and laminate it and yeah. just have it on your bed. And when they come in, you just tell them before they undress, I say, could you just quickly have a look and just tell me. By doing a separate waxing consultation and patch test, you know what happens quite often? It ends up that actually uh, they do have restrictions and then I can just send them off. But I actually get paid for that time. Yeah. It was my mistake. They knew or they hidden that information from me. They came face to face. People can't sometimes can't lie. <laughs> you, you will know when they're lying. But at least I know I send them off. I tell them exactly when to come back. But I'm getting paid for that time. I charge yeah. 20 pounds for consultation. That's about 15, 20 minutes. So just if you wonder how much I'm charging. Yeah. I think it's a fair amount for the knowledge that I'm giving them for the time. And uh, is it something that gives me a bit of more comfort as well that I am giving them my expertise it's something that I've worked for so long I've invested in my education why should I give it it for free yeah and it is and when you're doing something that's that thorough as well you know it's different isn't it the, a, a sort of you know a pre-appointment consultation where you're just checking in to make sure nothing's changed since previous visit that's a different level of consultation but when you are sitting down and you're going to spend that time with them then yeah. it's important that that is factored into your costs. And also, you know, I have all information on my website, Waxing Etiquette. It says if you shaved your hair, I need you to wait for two weeks, minimum, yeah. or like half centimeter. Depends on what hair type. Mm -hmm. How many people still turn up and they have hair too short? But the difference is now I will send them off, but I get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, normal circumstances, I would be lost. I would be sitting there. I wouldn't get paid. I would send the yeah. client. Sometimes they don't come back, right? Because they'd be like, oh, I can't wait two weeks. I've got holidays tomorrow. Yeah. And you just lose that client anyway because they're not interested in a regular waxing. So, yeah, that's just the way how I do things. No, that's good. And it's, and it's you know, and it's interesting to kind of just a different way to move the move your business forward, but also set an example for other people so that they're not afraid to do that. Because I think no, some people are too frightened to go, actually, I'd love to do that, but what will happen? And I know you were saying to me before, you've actually found that you're busier than you've ever been because it people respond to that professional level and that niching of what you do, don't they? And if you if you set yourself up as an expert people are more likely to pay you. And I think the key ingredients to this, so is to set boundaries. Like I have yeah. my boundaries set well and people respect that. Yeah, absolutely. So what have you been doing so far to um, raise awareness for the campaign? Where, what you've been up to, who you've been talking to? 
So um, when I started this campaign, I asked two lovely ladies from our industry, they educators and a great industry expert, which is Donna Clayton in Vicky. Oh, they, yeah, they're amazing. I asked them to help me out a bit because I needed a bit of a help with copywriting and I needed them to ha kind of have a look. Have I maybe missed something? Should we say that in a different way? Uh, and they've been very helpful. So they've been like monitoring and consulting with me on that campaign. So it wasn't just me. I've launched at my Facebook group, very long name, get ready, support group for waxing professionals. <laughs> you can so that's what it is, though, isn't it? it says what it does on the tin. That it says exactly. So in that group, I said to people, look, this is what we're going to do. And every week I produced a short video with presentation slides, two minutes, three minutes, seven key factors of raising standards in waxing. And we just put it out there. I also put it on Instagram and on my mailing list. So three channels. Uh, and that went for about seven weeks. And people could comment, they could respond, but it was really about raising awareness. And one of the things that you probably would like to ask me as well, what was like the impact and has anything yeah, changed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was actually, you know what I think it did? It kind of put people together and it like a strong sense of community of therapists that want to be high standards. They want to be above, they want to be like, you know, showing the clients like the best side. And I really like that because what's happening now, I still get those messages. I still get this, but they like more now an advocate as well. They're like, look, this is what this person is doing. Like, I'm sure this is not where well. I'm just showing you, but like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> it's so nice. It's actually so nice because you can see the little changes. It is. And I think if people have the confidence to step up and say, no, that's not right then eventually that it's like that trickle down, isn't it? And eventually they'll start commenting on other groups and saying, well, actually, have you considered that you shouldn't be doing that? Yeah. And I sometimes, I mentioned, I get in trouble, guys. Sometimes things, I try to be really nice and polite and always think about there's other therapists on the other side. Um, and people sometimes say, oh, but you could send a private message, Marta. Why did you have to comment officially? And I tell you, like recently, it was a similar situation. I've commented like lovely video, but could you consider doing this? It was about hygiene. And it wasn't actually the person that contacted me from the IG, but it was like, I think her, her business mentor or somebody who is working with her. And I've kind of like, I took everything on board. I was like, okay, I tried to understand. But the video is still there, right? They haven't took it down. The video is really damaging to her as an educator, as a, as a business. And they haven't put it down. So that just proves that it doesn't matter how I would do it if I did private message or I posted yeah. comment, because you can delete the comment anyway. They, they, they've done it. So I'm thinking, okay, some people will just not click. They will not be interested. They, they just do what they do. And that's fine with me. I kind of pointed out, take it or leave it. You don't have to like me. <laughs> you know, I believe in that. There's something that I'm very strong about. So I, I have no intention of upsetting people. But you have to know that I am quite strict with those rules. And I will always point it out if I think something isn't serving yeah. our industry. But I, th I think, like, and obviously, like, we have known each other for quite a long time now. And we've, ha we've had several debates over that time where we, we maybe haven't seen eye to eye. But, but I think the nice thing with you is it, it's never personal. And it's always, it's about a particular point and then you move on. But I think and it's I just think nice that you are out there and you are saying to these people in that polite way, this is how it is. And, um, you know, you now need to make the right choice because that's yeah. all you can do, isn't it? Exactly. And I suppose it must be like, that's probably one of the biggest challenges, isn't it really? That you're coming across is just that whole, you know, trying to get people to not only listen, but to, to do it. Yeah. So there's, there was a few challenges with this campaign. Number one was this kind of, um, not arrogance, but like a bit like, oh, this is so basic, Marta. Like, what do you want to talk Like, We all know that. We've had that at school and this is nothing new. People say, oh, this is all in national occupational standards. And you know, some quite often, actually, we have these two groups of people that are not from industry and doing all that damage. And then we have also people that have been in the industry for a long time, but stick yeah. to the old ways and things are move on. And you have to educate yourself and go with the industry. And you yeah, can't just be stubborn and say, well, but I've been doing this for 20 years, 30 years. I respect that. I respect that. But I feel I like wouldn't be 
easier for all of us and for you as well for your business if you just listen a bit and feel like you know what actually she had she's right so that was the one thing that there were some voices of criticism that this is not needed and i'm like well you know when i know this is not needed anymore when i won't be getting those videos and dms and i won't be getting other people being concerned about this is so damaging why this is online and what also is upsetting that quite frankly some of those videos have so much views and life yes. all you know so it all goes down to the fact that we are not regulated industry yeah. i have to mention here as a reference you need to understand where i'm coming from i have trained in poland right yes. almost 20 years ago in poland if you have a salon you have like a health officer kind of health yes. and safety officer who is allocated to an area and all beauty salons and they do checks they will come and they will check everything or your paperwork, they will check your, your facilities like sinks, they will check ventilation, everything, your qualifications, insurance, and whether you sanitize things, when you have everything in place. If you don't, one thing, you get shut, you have a time to change those things. If it's a small things, you can do it within a day, you, you can be open. If it's small, you're gonna get closed, you're gonna get fined, and you need to, they have to come back and check therefore i have in my head this kind of feel like that this is serious this is strict these are the rules i have to follow yeah Not only just for the people that are on top of my head and they kind of say they can close me down but like for clients don't you yeah. want your clients to feel like oh my god she's have sparkling salon everything is hygienic you know and then that's how you keep the clients as well so you should yeah. all really care but it, this is coming from me really seeing in my country like how that works there how much stricter it is it's regulated industry back home yeah. you need to have all the paperwork you need to have license you have regular checks and i really hope this is going to come here so what do you think i do i think i do think that there are there are changes afoot and and i've been involved in bits and pieces of it particularly on the now side um I mean, we do, to a degree, we do have the regulation. That, that there's an overriding regulation of the health and safety executive um, and therefore the environment and health officers that operate within the HSE regulations and laws, but they don't understand our industry often enough um, or well enough. And it's very hit and miss around the country. In one council, you may get a really good one. In another council, you get someone who has no idea. And... Um, and in licensing is only in London at the moment. And I think that there's, a, you know, I know that there's um, talk, particularly with nails, about having like the five star, like the food hygiene being transferred into um, nails, whether mm -hmm. that will go into, into the wider beauty industry. I, it, I think there's a recognition that something is needed, but where that comes from, whether that trickles down from the aesthetics into our industry and, or into the wider industry, I kind of really hope it does because I think there needs to be something. And I think the pub, the public have this kind of a, a false sense of security to a degree because we all know that anyone can set up a waxing pot, anyone can set up an acrylic desk, anyone can set up as a hairdresser, anyone can set up as an aesthetician, and no one's going to really check them. Um, there is nothing that is going to come down on them like a ton of bricks. It isn't going to happen. And we know that. But the public, I think, kind of feel that there is something there when there actually isn't. My and that's really worrying because they then go to anybody thinking that that person's qualified, insured, all those different things that we, we, we set as our own standards. And then they've been misinformed, misadvertised to. Oh, it just goes on. But I really hope that we do get change at some point soon. Yeah because to it's too clients. easy to get into the whole industry is too easy to get into and and I think as well one of the things I was just thinking about as well with waxing is that with something like nails or with something like massage or with aesthetics there's a kind there's a tendency to do CPD but with waxing once you've been taught the basic technique there you know beyond pregnancy waxing maybe or intimate waxing there isn't really anywhere else to go with it and so for CPD you don't really ever revisit waxing it's not something that has been done and that's where I think that these standards you know you, you aren't getting refreshed on that whereas if you went off and did CPD of like if someone came to you and did your pregnancy waxing course you would reiterate all of the standards that need to be there but people don't tend to do very much CPD with waxing do they? 
Do you know what I think? That's just my personal opinion. It's like, if you just have the qualifications, like from college, the part that you had for waxing is that NVQ level two. I don't think it's yet enough if you want to be a specialist, right? No. What I will wanted to see is you do that basic, you have the basic of strip wax and hot wax, full body and bikini, and some part of intimate, and then you go for further education and you do specifics of intimate waxing. You do maybe specific of full body. You do male waxing. You do pregnancy waxing. Mm. You could be a facial waxing specialist with brows and all that stuff, right? So I think this, you definitely need to continue and do more afterwards, but also refresh, of course. If yeah. you qualify 20 years ago, you know, when I started, there was only a few brands that you could use now we have so many waxing brands yeah. they will vary the consistency of the wax the temperature how to apply there are different ways of application there are different ways of taking the wax out of the pot it would be great to you know to do to go and ha kind of have that knowledge and see okay i can have not just stuck to a one brand maybe mm -hmm. you like because you've you've went with this brand 20 years ago and you like maybe that's fine but i also have a bit of a more knowledge of what's out there because you mentioned the problems with the facial waxing, right? And why does that happening? Because people are using the wrong wax <laughs> as well. So they're using a wax that's strip wax. I would never recommend strip wax on the face. No. I think we passed this is, I mean, I got, I, I mean, that's how I was trained. And I only trained in 2010 in waxing. But you and know, we move on. We move on. I think um, Amy Lewis from Moe's Wax, she also talks about, which I like, she talks a lot about hot waxing for facial that's it yeah. end of story so I've, since moving to the brand that um that i use i've only ever used hot wax on the face i've never used strip wax ever again yeah, and guess what? Uh, this is something what Sam Blake would talk about because she's very good with health and safety and some we talked about what is the number one claim with insurance when it comes to waxing yeah yeah it's, of, it's facial it's facial waxing yeah. so you know i think refresher course on this particular subject will be very beneficial because then you know okay this wax it's suitable for facial it's a low temperature it's a peel of wax i know how to use it you know i can charge premium as well because it's a nice product so yeah absolutely and i think so any any educators that are watching or listening to this you know you're missing a trick here because you know wax if you if you are a waxing specialist and you know your stuff with waxing start offering cpd you know waxing shouldn't stay in the college classroom waxing needs to move forward into the 21st century and and, and people so they understand what waxing's about now not waxing what not what waxing is about in 2010 because things yeah. have moved on Definitely. And we soon will see hot waxing for full body waxing for legs and arms coming to UK. Yeah. There will be more brands, you know, in US. That's something that they've already been doing for yeah. years. I know I did with with, um, with Lycom. We'll say their name. Um, but they had, I can't think for the life of what the wax is called now because I've not used it for ages. But they had a wax that was suitable for um, arm and leg waxing. And I have to say, I, we weren't successful with the leg waxing. We didn't get many people wanting to do it. So we never really got to practice with it very much. But the arm waxing, we used to do quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's much wax. more efficient. You can apply it in the biggest section, yeah. peel it off. It's a hot wax. So, you know, you, you don't have a risk of skin removal. More efficient, quicker, nicer. And it could be, again, premium treatments, you know. So I think yeah. we have to move on from waxing being just the cheap, quick treatment. If yeah. we move on. Um, so what, what do you think some of the misconceptions are that people have around waxing and how do you deal with that within what you do? And so I think probably sort of from consumers, what is it they, what is it they think they're going to get and how do you get them to understand the professional version? So we actually just started to talk about this yeah. because we said about the pricing and I said, oh, I really want to move on from waxing being a quick, cheap treatment. I really want to move on from that. Honestly, guys, we do something that requires skills, not only the technical skills, but a focus. Like you need to have attention to detail. You need to be very composed as well. You need to know how to deal with people that are nervous or panicking. Like, should I, should I not be like on the top of the scale of like how skilled you have to be? Yeah. I mean, not taking away from people that do massage or facial because you need to have a strength. And But we work in a highly stressful environment. <laughs> Especially when that wax pad doesn't want to come off. 
you're sweating, you like have back problems, arm problems, guys. But on a serious note, I really feel like I want to move this and make waxing like this luxurious treatment. Because my clients, I tell you, when they see my prices, no one questions why. They see quality. They see, okay, this girl is charging for consultation, right? She must be good. There must be some value. And I also tell them what they're going to get. I'm very transparent about this. Some people will not like it, but they're not my type of clients. We have to move on. Like if you're being very cheap in terms of your very low cost, right? How are you surviving? Like if you have a, a Hollywood for 12 pounds or 15 pounds, you'd rather do it for free because it's, it looks really dodgy on the leaflet. People will be kind of reserved. People understand that Hollywood is not easy. I feel like there has to be a cost to it. And it's not just the cost of the people think pricing is based on what other people charge, cost of treatment and things like that. Not only that, it took me how many years to be at the position that I am now? And I should charge accordingly. And it doesn't mean it's just the years, but it's the value that I'm giving. So if you're at the beginning of your journey, but you're good, you're giving a good results, good service, that has to reflect in the price. So really, please don't undervalue yourself. And I think in the, in the beauty industry, particularly, you know, we do have we have a problem with getting people to understand our length of service and our experience and all of that. And in hair, obviously, you know, you join as a junior, then you become a stylist, then you become a senior stylist and so on till the till the owner or the manager. And all the way through that process, the price goes up. Mm -hmm. We don't have that in beauty because I don't think people see that there's a value to having, which, I mean, obviously we all know that there's a, there's a definite difference between someone that's just left college with level two and how they're gonna wax the leg and then someone who's got experience like you've got or like I've got, although some of my, my experience is waning at the moment, but but that whole thing of like, you know, the, the time it takes to do a leg wax, you know, for someone just leaving college, you know, you're going to have one of the uh, probably the least comfortable waxes done in the longest time. And if you have someone that's been doing that for 20 years, you're going to have the, probably you know, still not the most comfortable wax in the world because a full leg wax is not the easiest thing to experience always. Um, but you're going to have someone that can do that with speed and efficiency and with the knowledge to make that as painless as they possibly can through yeah. working speedily and efficiently. And yeah. that, and that has to be, that has to be a value in something that you do, isn't it? It's like, you know, I now I'm an experienced waxer and I wouldn't want to put somebody through what I went through when I was first qualified. <laughs> Cause it's not, it's not pleasant to be a model or a first person for someone that's just qualified in waxing is it let's face it unless you're unnatural just laughing because I just thought about my beginnings <laughs> um, but like one thing I need to also say look the misconceptions as well you need to understand that any training you do you know you've done your college you people contact me a lot about my intimate waxing training and they say oh I really want to be a waxer I will give you the tools. I will give you my methods, right? We're gonna do a whole day of training, three models. I'm really hands on you. But then you need to go and practice. When I'm in practice, you grab the phone or you put advertising in the groups and you say, I'm looking for model. And I would expect it that you do few models a day or you allocate a day in a week and you practice, practice, practice. If you're a salon owner and you have a staff that just starting, you don't put them straight away for paid clients. You might do a small amount, but you have her practicing and somebody shadowing her. You can't just leave them alone, yeah? I give like ongoing support, so people going back to me. But sometimes I get into this problem and this is the confusion as well. I give people my methods, I tell them how to do it, and then they go back to the salon and they, the length of the treatments, they keep it the same, an hour and a half, let's say for Hollywood, and they charge something like 30 pounds. This is never gonna work. And if people don't change the mentality as well, that they have to have the A and the B, where they are, where they want to be, or where I kind of yeah. can put them. If they're not willing to change that and put the price up and reduce the time, I'm not gonna be any help for you. So I have to sometimes say, I don't think I'm the right person. I don't think like, you know, because not everyone will understand how waxing works. Some yeah. therapies are more into longer treatments and more calm treatments, right? Waxing. Like, I, I mean, as soon as you say an hour and a half for Hollywood, <clears throat> I'm just sitting thinking, no. 
yeah it's happening and you know what what's is happening because this person hasn't had like this maybe explained or like haven't had the guidance and doesn't understand that clients don't want an hour and a half yeah so just maybe sat in position for an hour and a half but that just being in the position would be uncomfortable for me but but the having logic, that I think the, logic, the logic behind it is like we're gonna do it slowly, so it's not so painful. I give myself all the time, so I remove all your hair, and then I'm not gonna charge you that much. <laughs> so sometimes I have to really tell people from the beginning, I said, look, we need to change your mindset. We need to set some boundaries. We need to have goals, how yeah. long this potentially and realistically could take, and then we need to price it. And these are the misconceptions sometimes, so that people think, they all need to change. I give them my method and they just go and do their old stuff. Doesn't yeah. work. Is there nothing? And people, <clears throat> this what you know, is what we're saying and moving on as well. You know, that's sort of that, that whole way of keeping up to date. You know, this is all part of it, isn't it? And, you know, that understanding that you need to continue your development and you need to continue learning and you need to take on new methods and new techniques and reevaluate yeah. re your pricing. And there's just so many ways now that yeah. we have the opportunity to keep ourselves up to date. Yeah, I'm, I honestly, I, I'm continue doing some new stuff. Like who has heard about skin games in US, guys? Have you heard about it? Uh, the name rings a bell. Games. You see, I'm now getting more into the US market, seeing what they're doing, what can we bring in here? And there's so many other things. So I can't just stick to UK and just to hear. So I'm looking what's happening in Poland. I'm looking what's yeah. happening in Italy. I'm looking what's happening in the US. Just because I can then combine them and bring a good knowledge and help other therapists. Yeah, absolutely. So what? So having discussed our, our careers and your career at length, what's what's the most unusual experience that you've had on your waxing table? Because <laughs> I'm sure, like, because literally that's what you do. Like, and anyone that doesn't realise, Marta, her salon literally provides waxing service that is and mainly intimate. And um, so Martha's does a lot of waxing and sees a lot of um, lot of genitalia. Yeah, that's correct. I specialize in intimate waxing. So I, that's my main thing. I don't offer legs separately. So that's the other thing I do combos. And I do a lot of pregnancy waxing. But back in the days, <clears throat> when I was just kind of starting, we allowed men to come in. And then one day a man came in and said very with confidence that he wants a leg wax. And I had a new staff member and this was her first day, I have to mention. Mm. She went with him to the room, you know, and then within five minutes she comes back and she's pale. And she says, mm -hmm. well, they went to the room and she was steering the wax, getting ready. She turns around and the man has the jacket on still. And he was actually with a bike, so he was a cyclist. It kind of makes sense why he wanted the leg wax. I was like, oh, he's a cyclist, you know, he needed leg wax. She turns around and he has his trousers down, everything out. And she, she looks at him and says like, but I thought we're only doing the legs. You know, he, he was like the yeah. underwear. He was like, oh, no, 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 I just wanted this part. But I was very, I didn't want to ask in front of everyone at the reception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor girl. girl. First day at work, came back and she said, what do I do? So I have to step in and just explain it. And, and he had to walk out with the bike outside. <laughs> but it was quite funny. So I feel like uh, what, what that taught us is to be very transparent on your uh, website, on your uh, menu. What is that you do? Sam Marshall is very good with the all inclusivity and she teaches about having uh, no genders on the menu and stuff. I think this is okay, but we need to specify what genitals we are treating. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you have like a very generic menu, you might, might meet somebody who will be a, a female. Uh, you know, she, she has a pronounced as she, her, and she comes and she might have male genitals. So you need to be prepared for that. So I think, Mm, to avoid this kind of stuff like we did I mean he just saw leg wax like he thought it's fine and then he forgot to mention that it's not just legs he wants yeah it wasn't just a leg wax uh, yeah so just very specific I mean mm, I don't really treat men uh, anymore and not that we just never had that many anyway I think the salon attracts more female but I think my speciality over the years became uh, intimate waxing and pregnancy 
Yeah, it's, and I think so, you know, it's an, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I've had Sam on and we've spoken about all of the gender neutral stuff and it is it is a massive challenge. And obviously there's been court cases in Canada and stuff around it. And it's and it's a very, very contentious issue. Um, but it is. And I think and I, I know Sam is very big on this whole, you know, about that you're um, trained in like scrotum waxing and you're trained in um, labia waxing and stuff. And so she uses the genital names now, which I think probably for the public might be a bit of a, like a, oh, I don't know if I'm very comfortable with using the word labia or vagina, but we're quite used to that, aren't we? You know, that's what we work with every day. And, um, and I think that, you know, we just have to be quite prescriptive about how we refer to it and I think that also kind of elevates our professionalism as well because it's not that we're clinical by any mean any means but I think that you know the the fact if we are using the correct terminology um with the Nailed it. because I see that online stop using terms like coochie like pregos mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> I, people know what that means, but I feel like as a professional, you really have to say, we don't wax vaginas. We wax vulvas. And, ha- and know the names of the parts, body parts, you know? I don't even know why I said vulvas. I should just say loudly and proudly. Yeah, um, I know. But you do, don't you? Because I think, you know, for, the, for most of the general public and the consumer, if, you know, we do sit, you know, talking about inner and outer labia and vulvas and you know and about scrotums and penises and all sorts of things that get discussed in the in the uh, waxing world and whether you're going to hold the penis or let them hold the penis you know there's 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 so many schools of thought we won't go down that rabbit warren but but I think you know the public don't see us in that in that way and I think that when we start becoming more clinical about how we address it people then maybe take us a little bit more seriously what do you think um makes you stand out within the industry because obviously I mean I've known you for a long time so I know why you stand out and why you shine um but what is it so what is it that that people can recognize about Marta I, can't, I was I was nearly had your name then Marta Zachowska. Zachowska, yes you probably get that sense with me of passion right I'm very passionate about this industry you get that sense of standards like I really wanted everyone to do well as well so you get this to combine I get things done if I say I'm going to do something I'm going to do it if I say I can't do it you just believe me I can't do it so I'm very like open book and you get with me like what you see you always get honest opinion um, and yeah. And I think some people like that. Some people found that a bit harsh, but that's okay. You know, they can warm up to me maybe within some time. But um, I, with with the industry as well, I really, in the last three years, I think when, when we've met so, it's so much has happened. I've done so much as well and I became very visible. And that comes to my work efforts. Like I do work hard. I really yeah. want to uh, work on myself. You know, I invest a lot of money in business development in my personal growth I recently again invested 2200 pounds in another business course because I know that investment will pay off I can be a better educator I can be a better businesswoman I can be a better person as well so with me I think I bring innovation as well because I come up with these new things I mean waxing specialties 11 years ago when I opened I was criticized for the name now, look at the internet. Everyone uses that name. Yeah. Uh, when I became online bookings only, I was so criticized. People said, you're going to lose business. Are you crazy? Forrest used to call me and say, how come you're only doing online bookings? Because, you know, they saw I had a lot. Yeah. No one had it that much at that time. They were, they were crazy about it. And I said, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. Everyone has an online booking now. Yeah. Everyone's using it. So I feel like sometimes... I have that ability to kind of look a bit forward, like, you know, pioneers, people that just see the gap, they'd be like, okay, how can you do that? Not everything that I come up work, just put it that way, yeah? You only see the ones that are succeeding. (laughs) Some of my ideas don't work and I have to adjust them, like removing leg waxing and full body waxing from my uh, treatments. Mm. I tell you, I've removed it for six months. People were banging on my door, my regular clients. How can I have a leg wax with you? I can't have Brazilian and have to go somewhere for leg wax. So I was like, okay, hold on a second. That is silly. I've got money on the floor and I don't want to take it. Let me do combos. Yes, you can have a legs, but you have to book Brazilian as well. Done. Yeah? Yeah. So I feel like with me, innovation and just like the, I have a lot of drive to kind of um, 
be better, you know, to, to do good things in the industry. And I think the nice thing as well is that, you know, there aren't that many people that are banging the waxing drum. And I think that to have people like yourself, and there is obviously there's a couple of like Sam is one and Andy Roulard. There's a, there's a few people that are big in waxing, but but there aren't many. And I think that, you know, when all of you have your own little areas that you kind of specialize in, and I think it's really nice to have someone that you can go to that you know you're going to get, you know, that very honest approach and assistance and guidance and being pointed in the right direction for how we can move the waxing industry forward. Like the campaign yeah. will be ongoing, I'm sure. And um, you're going to keep yeah, yeah, pushing those buttons. So what have you got coming up next? Because I think you've got something that's quite interesting that's like making me go, oh, I wish I was doing more waxing. So um, I have been over the years myself investing in my business growth and myself by going on business retreats. I've done many of them with different mentors in different locations abroad, and they've always been so helpful. I found it like the best decision I made about my business, they, were, they happened during the retreats. And I feel like it was because of the environment was right. I had no distractions. I also had the like-minded people around me. So the community was great, the support. I could speak out loud about my problems. And suddenly I realized that, okay, we have the same problems and we can help each other. So I thought, okay, we don't have anything like this for waxing professionals. And I thought, I need to be the one who's going to organize this. So in January 2024, for four days, I am organizing a business a retreat for waxing professionals. But if you have a laser clinic, you can come as well. I have one lady that actually has a laser clinic. It's fine because it's a hair removal and it's a similar business. And we are doing this retreat January, a bit of a sun, escape from London, beginning of the year. And the whole goal is that people... Really Where is it? Did you say where it was? Marrakesh. 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 And the, the focus is on preparing for 2024. So looking at 2023, coming with up with business strategy. So we look at all the points like your finances. We look at marketing. We look at social media. Is there any point of growth? Some people might need just a bit of help and they just want to come and relax. And we're going to have that as well. A lot of relaxation. And mm -hmm. some people might be at this point where like they're a bit stuck and they're like, oh, what do I do next? Or like I've done the same thing for a few years now, but I want to grow. Or I want to get staff or I want to come out of the treatment room. That happened to me as well on the retreats. Yeah. You know? When I was working myself to death and I was like, oh, I actually want to come out of the room. How do I do it? So a lot of help. It's going to be a small amount of people. It's only seven slots, seven spaces. Two are sold already. So we have five left. Long way to January. So people will get a bit more excited about this. But I'm hiring the entire Riyadh. The whole building is ours. All the rooms are ours. All the staff is like doing stuff for us. So breakfast, lunch, stuff. We have a rooftop. We're going to do um, affirmation sessions in the morning. You know, all that nice stuff that people need in January. Yeah. You know, tired. You like that sounds amazing. The waxing. I might have to boost my wax. I might have to boost my hair removal side of my business so I can justify coming. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a great investment. Uh, if anyone is interested, on my website, there's like a, a information there, business retreat, and you've got like application form. So I ask you for questions and we can jump on call. And I just ask a few questions and we yeah. see whether this is a good time for you to come. I think that is going to be absolutely fascinating. And um, and, I th and I think it is like this whole thing, like the innovation around, you know, trying to get waxing professionals to kind of reconnect with their education and understanding the business side of their business and all of that kind of stuff. You know, all of this is all this professional development is what waxing is yeah. really going to benefit from. And I'm going to prepare something for January. I'm going to launch something that is going Ooh. to be so great for the, our industry. And so the people that are going to come with me will be the first one to know and they will have opportunity to become uh, and founding members. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be great. You know, I'm always thinking ahead like what I can bring to the table. So yeah. Marrakesh, January the 12th till the 16th. Wonderful. So where, so how, so with that in mind, where can people find that information? What's your website that they can find that on? And we, and we'll, we'll put it all in the show notes as yeah, well. It's very yeah. simple. My name and my surname is my website, martazachkowska.com. That's it. Yeah. In there, you have all the information. There's a section business retreat. You click on it. You've got 
timer it, sh it tells you how many yeah. days left i love that oh, <laughs> and then you that have sounds uh, there's a lot of more to within the whole uh, business retreat you know we have a sponsors we have a goodie bag i have six sponsors some of the things i'm gonna have to send it to people in december because i can't take that much products with me yeah <laughs> much stuff um, so six, and so will they get to practice will they get to do any practical work on the retreat or is it all going to be more business minded yeah it's all more business it's going to be but you know the the beauty of group coaching is like people can ask anything like obviously I have a frame every day we have workshops and I have a frame of what we're going to go through but what normally happens people like asking questions and then we all I give my expertise so you've got like almost one-to-one -one with me you know okay. and I can say have you tried this this and then the people come out and also say they beat you know when I did the retreats we chat about business 24 hours <laughs> because you eat breakfast and you're like oh this happened this happened it is such a valuable thing you know I feel like because you're out and you're on the sun you're a bit of like you you get more out of it because you're out of your surroundings of your salon of your normal life and you can open up a bit more brilliant ideas coming yeah. up on the retreats and I think as well just you know when I I mean I've not I haven't been on a retreat they always appeal to me and oh. I never ever get around to doing it but but I think you know just having been to sort of like day-long business events and stuff you know that that opportunity and that interaction with people that are going through the same thing you're going through or may have done something six months before or three years before and then being able to share that experience is invaluable do you know when you get to my website and you click business retreat there's a short video it's a quite emotional one. Have a look because I explained there what happened and what kind of impact I had on somebody yeah. during business retreat that was life changing and I didn't even know. Uh, so it's a powerful, powerful time. I'll have to go and have a look. So um, so they can find all that details. The web address will be in the um, show notes so that you can find that because um, if you're not sure how to spell Marta's surname, yeah, then... No. <laughs> <laughs> which which I can actually I can spell it better than I can say it um and Marta's given me so many lessons in how to say it and it's terrible that I every now I, sometimes I, it sounds right in my head and then I say it and it comes out wrong still and it's really I, I hate it because I'm a Davies and people are forever saying Davies and I'm like no it's Davies and that's a really simple mispronunciation but um so I can't imagine how um, how irritating it is for Marta. But what else can people find from you? So we also you've got an ebook, haven't you? That they can um, they can they can get from so, you. You know, I thought you've invited me here today, which I'm very appreciative of, and it's great to connect with your audience as well. Uh, you have a lot of salon owners as well, and people that do waxing, but that maybe it's not just the waxing. But I mm -hmm. nevertheless, it is so helpful. So I uh, with the campaign, I produced it an ebook which combines all the information that we've provided during the seven weeks. And the ebook actually, it's about 50 pages. So you might feel like, gosh, what did she put in there? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, really helpful stuff. Some things you might know, but like even hear about qualifications in waxing, right? So what all the levels for UK and what is the difference between qualification and short courses, for example, yeah. and examples of short courses in waxing, what is qualification certification versus accreditation certification? Yeah. Lots of people don't know. So uh, really good. So guys, for you, this is a free ebook and you can download that. Uh, Sue will put the link. You can also download it from my website. Um, yeah. Download it, read it through. Let me know what you think. Let me know if that was helpful. Uh, I always like to hear back from people if, if that wasn't any help yeah well thank you so much Marta I think yeah as ever whenever I do these interviews it goes on we do go on like a chat um but I think but I think everything we've covered is really helpful and that you know anyone that is in the waxing side of our industry and who want or wants to get more into the waxing side of the industry there's a lot of things in today's um episode that they're going to be able to take away and be able to action and to be able to go and find out more about you and go and find out more about the business retreat because I'm sure that that's going to be really really a fantastic few days and if there's only five spaces left you need to be very quick because I'm sure that they will go um rapidly as soon as because I I think I've seen you talking about it but have you started promoting it heavily yet I don't think 
Not heavily, no. no, because I've started, I think I launched that, in, I've asked people what they think in January, a mm. lot of people were like excited, and then in March, April, I think I've launched, so it hasn't been that long, you know, not no. particular on some kind of rush, I just really want the right people as well, like, you Absolutely. know, the people can help, yeah. and then we can have a good time as well, so we have two people now, and uh, when it will be closer to January, obviously people would like be more interested, but for yeah. now, uh, yeah, I'm just breadcrumbing I'm just talking a bit about it yeah, like on the wonderful well thank you very very much and um we will see Marta again at some point in the future I'm sure on the podcast because she's always got something new going on and it's nice to bring her back and just um share her knowledge and her information again so thanks ever so much for joining me today Marta and um we'll see you again thank you very much thank you okay for bye so thank you so much to Marta there for joining us and given us a different insight into all things waxing and Marta is an amazing person to talk about waxing she's been doing it for so long and she literally has built a huge business out of being a niche waxing specialist and that's what she does um so everything will be on the show notes as I said already do go down to Marta's website and download her ebook because that would be 50 yeah 50 pages of lots and lots of information all around waxing and standards that um, will be able to help you and your business so I think we'll leave it there and don't forget if you want to join her on her retreat she's got five spaces left um, and that's at the time of recording which is at the end of May and um, in fact no it's the first of June today so that's time of recording and just get booking and if you miss this year's one and you're watching this at a different time, then maybe Marta will have another one coming up soon. So just go to her website and find out. So thanks ever so much and see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Salon Professionals. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share with fellow industry professionals that you think may enjoy the show. Links and further information can be found on the show notes or on my website, www.suedavies.org. Here you can also find some downloadable free guides that you may find of use. You can also hear from me and join the inspiring Salon Professionals community on my Facebook group. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye for now.